Welcome back to another episode of I Used to Be a Psychic podcast. My name's Mia, and if you're new here, I used to be a practicing psychic and energy healer for years until the Holy Spirit unveiled my eyes eight months ago to the truth behind the New Age movement, and I saw it for what it really was, a deception from Satan designed to truly lure people away from the truth of the gospel and what Jesus did on the cross for us by dying for our sins and the Holy Spirit is truly incredible and how he works in us and works miracles in people's lives to unveil this truth to them is just incredible. And I am not the first person to leave the new age through an incredible testimony through the power of God. And I I am very, very thankful to have this platform and the ability to share not only my testimony, but the testimonies of others, which will be coming up in future uh, episodes. So I, I just thank you guys for being here. God is so good. He is so glorious and so faithful and all the glory to him as I dive into part two of my testimony. If you didn't get a chance to check out part one yet, I highly recommend that you hop on over and watch or listen to that first, because if not, this part two probably isn't going to make much sense to you, but I'm very excited to get started. I know some of you that watched episode one a few weeks ago are anxiously awaiting for this second part, so let's dive right into it. So I want to start off this episode just thanking all of the people that have reached out to me. The incredible, immense amount of support that I have received from complete strangers is just overwhelming and just goes to show how the body of Christ truly supports one another. Um, I have met so many brothers and sisters in Christ just even in the last three and a half weeks since launching the first episode. I've had so many people reach out to me that are, you know, have already left the new age or, you know, all the way up to people that are thinking about leaving and they're just on the fence and they just need some more help and some resources to kind of get them through this difficult stage of first coming out of it. Um, I've had such incredible conversations with longtime Christians who are just fascinated by the power and the work that God can do on the life of someone completely lost in the new age like myself. And I have made some incredible friends already just through this journey. And I'm just so thankful. And I just want to just give all that glory to the Lord because I'm just a vessel that he's using to share my story. And really, he is the one who deserves all that glory and all of that praise because he is just such a faithful, incredible God. So I I am very excited to share this second part. I have to be honest, a lot of emotion came up when I shared the first half of my testimony because reliving that, you know, I took close to probably almost six months off of social media, off of um, really sharing what had happened because I just wasn't ready. I wanted to have a really strong biblical foundation before I started sharing my story and what happened because my words of my testimony, yes, they are my experience, but what's more important is that my experience is backed up by the word of God and not just a testimony. Because if my experience wasn't backed up by the Bible, then it wouldn't be from God. And that's a really, really important thing to note. 
Um, I have had people reach out to me that have shared their experiences and they say that it's brought them to Jesus and they're now, you know, following a new ascension path and the ascension path of Jesus and Christ consciousness. And it's hard to, you know, break it to them that they are still in a new age modality. This is still a new age belief system. This isn't the true Jesus Christ. There are, are multiple false gospels out there, false Jesuses. Jesus is that I say that false prophets, people that have claimed to be Jesus, people that claim to be the reincarnated Jesus. I personally knew one while in the new age, someone who deeply believed that he was a reincarnated Jesus because he channeled it. And I'm going to get into an episode all about past lives and channeling and just how um, it is just such a deception but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But, you know, the main thing that I want to get across is that there are a lot of false belief systems out there that seem to be rooted in Christianity. So just be beware. Make sure that when you are uh, listening to someone's testimony that they aren't leading you down a, another new age path. Um, because I've noticed from, you know, just watching some testimonies on YouTube and stuff that some of the people that are being interviewed seem to be going further and deeper into the new age and just using Jesus as a kind of, uh, I guess, cover for what they, and I don't think that they know this. Obviously, I think that they believe that it's truth. But if you're not in the Bible every single day, you know, putting on that full armor of God that I talked about in the first episode and really getting to know who your God is, like if you don't know all of that stuff, then you can't discern for yourself what is truth and what isn't. And there's a lot of false prophets out there that claim to be from Christ. And it's very true by their fruit, which it says in the Bible, you'll be able to tell them by their fruit. It's, it, you can tell that their fruit isn't showing that they are speaking from God. And there, there's just so much more that I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on to just really, really pray for discernment in these stages if you are leaving the new age and just go for a biblical church, go for a church that is rooted in Jesus, not rooted in signs and wonders and miracles and all these miraculous things, because we need to remember that the Holy Spirit decides when miracles are done. Like the Holy Spirit decides which gifts we have. We don't decide that. We cannot develop these gifts on our own. I I taught psychic development when I was in the new age and I see a lot of prophecy schools um, within Christian churches that, that claim to be able to teach you the gift of prophecy. But that is completely against what the Bible says. The Bible says that only the Holy Spirit decides which gifts we have. So put on that armor of God, get in your Bible, and really start to learn for yourself what the Word of God is saying. And then once you've read it for yourself, you know, look at what other Bible scholars are saying, theologians, you know, men of God who have been preaching this gospel for years, and, you know, look for women of God as well that are are focused on sharing the what it means to be a woman of God and a Christian woman living, you know, in obedience to the Lord, because there is so much more to being a Christian than just saying, okay, I believe in Christ and that's it. It really gets um, 
it really gets misconstrued a lot. And what the most important part of being a Christian is, is living in obedience to, to the God that saved you and, and glorifying him through what you do and, you know, not chasing the world anymore, but instead, you know, chasing the, the, your heavenly father and just his love and, and making sure that you're glorifying him in all things. So I don't know why I need to say that. I prayed for the Holy Spirit to guide me before I started this, and I just feel like that was him just guiding me to say that because that's not where I wanted to start this uh, episode off with, but I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to move into the rest of my testimony and what happened when I was leaving San Diego and came back home, and my entire life was changed because let me tell you, it's completely different than it was. So, um, when, when I was leaving San Diego that night, I already kind of told you the story of me realizing that I was possessed by a demon and I, I didn't really have time to get into details or it would have been like a two hour, three hour episode. But basically what happened is that night after I had got some contacts from the woman that was hosting that conference and I reached out to the contact that she had sent me, um, the assistant of the pastor that she had sent me to reached back out to me. I had a really long phone chat with her. She was amazing. She gave me a couple scriptures to read. She sent me um, some Christian playlists and she's like, you need to listen to some Christian music. And so that's what I did. I put on, I actually searched the scripture that she gave me and I put it on and I just started listening to it. And as soon as I heard the scripture, Psalms 91, um, I just started bawling my eyes out. And so I decided to get in the shower just because I was down there. I was flying home in just a few hours and I I was scared, but you know, I had that blanket of protection from the Lord over me, which I'm so thankful for. But I I was still I was still really freaked out. You know, I'd realized that I had this demon inside me and I remembered exactly when it happened. I'm gonna get into that in a second, but I was still really scared. And so I was feeling awful and all this emotion and just devastated that I had been so wrong. And how could I have committed myself to a false God when the real true God is my creator? But I was so dedicated and devoted to this false new age God source energy and praising the universe that I was so blind and I just felt guilt and shame. And so I got in the shower and I was just bawling my eyes out and I was just praying, like listening to this um, YouTube scripture playing with like some background music in it. And I was just praying to the Lord, like, please, Lord, like, I just pray that you can forgive me. And just like, basically just like begging. I was just like on my knees in the shower, literally just with the water running over me and just in a space of repentance, but I didn't truly like understand all of that yet. I just knew that I needed to follow Jesus Christ and I knew that I needed to find Christian people. Um, but I didn't know anything else really. And what I heard back when I was in the shower is you're already forgiven. And I just bawled my eyes out even more because I just couldn't comprehend how God could forgive like me for what I had done. And so I remember getting out of the shower and I like packed up all my stuff and I tried calling my fiance, um, Justin at the time to talk to him before bed, but the, the entity, I'm going to call it <laughs> the demon that was inside me, didn't want me to speak. Um, it was very angry. Even when I was on the phone with the woman, the assistant, it just kept taking my voice away and I was trying to explain what was going on, but I, it, it was a really overwhelming thing to go through because when you don't have control of your, your body and 
it's physically stopping you from doing things like even just like sending a text message in a certain way. I would try to speak and then my voice would just trail off and I just couldn't say words anymore. That's a really scary thing to go through. So I just, I wanted to get home. Um, so I tried calling my, my, uh, my now husband and I was just like trying to talk to him and I just couldn't find words. And, um, so I ended up just letting him go because I just, I was just so distraught and I, I ended up putting on some Christian music that the lovely woman I chatted with had, uh, given to me. And so I just listened to Christian music and I had never listened to Christian music before really. And so I played it and fell asleep for like two and a half hours. I woke up at 3 a.m. and got in a cab and headed to the airport. And I continued listening to Christian music the entire way home. Um, I had a stopover in Vancouver. I was like crying on the plane listening to music because I was just, I was in this space of like, it's it's crazy because I was feeling the love of God in like such a huge real way and I just felt his love and his forgiveness but I was also feeling like how could I possibly be have been so deceived so feeling like shame and guilt but then like forgiveness all at the same time and it just goes to show how glorious God truly is but I was like just crying and I was very emotional and I actually hadn't really reached out to any Christians yet other than the uh, the lady who's running the conference and then her uh, pastor's assistant. Like I hadn't talked to anybody else yet. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got home because they live in San Diego, both of them. And this guy walks up to me and just gives me a piece of paper with a uh, a Christian church um, written on it. And it was a Vancouver church. So, but I looked it up and I was like, I need to find a church. Like I hadn't even really thought of that yet. I knew I needed to find Christians, but I didn't really like church wasn't on my radar because like I was completely against church. So this gentleman just said, this might, this might be of interest to you or no, I don't even know. I don't think he said it. I think it was written there. Like this might be of interest to you. And so I, I tried to turn around and thank him and he was just like gone. It was the weirdest thing. Like the second he laid it down, I, I like tried to see where he went and he was, it was just like, he disappeared in thin air. I can't explain it. I have no explanation for it. It was really weird. Um, but that got me thinking about like churches and what I was going to do. And I remembered that I had this girl that I did her nails once before while I was, um, a nail tech and she's also a nail tech and she's a friend kind of like a quick acquaintance slash friend of mine you know those people that you just meet and you keep on Instagram and you kind of just like each other's stuff I didn't really know her that well but I've always really admired her because she was just such a nice person it seemed like on on the internet and she always posted about her church on her stories on Instagram and she lived like two hours from my home city. So I messaged her and I was like, hey girl, it's been a long time. <laughs> like I just had this crazy experience and I told her everything. And I'm like, I found out that I'm possessed and I'm really freaked out. And I don't know exactly like what to do. And so yeah, she like, she didn't read the message right away. And, but I reached out. And so I said all of that. And, and then I, uh, what did I do next? 
I reached out to Doreen Virtue on uh, on Instagram because I had this like realization that oh my goodness, Doreen Virtue wasn't crazy, and so I ch- I searched her on Instagram and found her page and. I reached out to her and she was so lovely and wrote me back right away and gave me some resources and um which was just so helpful because I was just in that space of just needing that guidance, you know. And the Lord just uses his believers for his higher purpose always and he works all things for good and I'm just so thankful for that. And she wrote me back literally within minutes. I was at the airport and within minutes I had a message back from her and she was just like I'm so thankful that God has you and Jesus is so good and here's a video to watch on like what to do to get rid of like your new age stuff, like you're coming out of the new age. And so Um, I watched her video and it was very helpful and I realized in that moment that, okay, so I need to really use discernment because there's a whole bunch of different versions of the Bible and I want to make sure that I am not going to be misled or down the wrong path again. And that's kind of the scary thing when you leave the new age is you've realized that you've been so deceived and that like everything that you believed is a lie and you're just in this space of like terrified to possibly go down a wrong path again. So I was very like questioning everything. And so I was like looking at her, like her video and I'm like, oh yeah, I need a Bible. Like I can't just use the app on my phone. Like I need an actual Bible. And so I I ended up, land, that was still in the airport. I landed, I flew home, got to my husband and like my husband is amazing. He already had the entire house gutted from all of the new age stuff he could find. It was all shoved in a spare room. Um, all my Buddha statues and crystals and tarot cards and books and like literally everything that he could find that stuff that he thought was new age, even if it wasn't, he's like, I think this is new age. I'm just going to throw it in here. And he like shut the door. And, um, I just, I saw him in the airport when he picked me up and I just started crying and I was just like, so happy. I just wanted to get home. I wanted to get home to my pets and I wanted to get home to my house. And it was so weird when I, when I got home because like my eyes, like I said in episode one, the Lord unveiled my eyes to sin, to darkness, to basically everything that I thought was light before. So when I got home, I could feel the darkness in my house in like such a big way. And I could just feel the darkness in my house in such a big way. And what I had allowed in my house, like I didn't actually realize yet, like the power that those items had, like the dark power and the foothold that they were giving the enemy just to have free reign to be like invited into my house, like as if it wasn't enough that I was practicing these new age practices so faithfully and so dedicated to them. Having these items in my house was also giving him, you know, free reign over my my home. And you want to be really, really careful. If you have any items in your home, tarot cards, oracle cards, angel cards, um, you know, new age books, books about being a light worker, um, books like conversations with God, heretical books that are, uh, channeled books. Um, please, please burn them, throw them out. Um, crystals that have been used for divination purposes. Um, I mean, I throw out all of my crystals, but if you just collect them, um, because they're pretty, I think that there's nothing wrong with that, but don't pick them up and start trying to 
feel the energy from them or if you believe that you're gaining some sort of uh, supernatural metaphysical benefit from them, um, then you are still opening a doorway for the enemy to come in because they are just crystals. They are just from the earth. They do not have all of these magical properties that they claim to. Um, the enemy just uses the fact that people believe that to then um, use that as a way to come into their life. And so um, I was just like overwhelmed by like the darkness. Like I have a Buddha tattooed on my arm. I'm going to get it laser removed. But like I was so dedicated to it. I totally firmly believed that all these items were just helping me to raise my vibration and help bring me closer to my ascension and all of this stuff. But um, my husband and I decided that we were going to burn all the books and cards and that we were going to take all of the items to the dump. And I was just so happy to be home, but also dealing with like the fear that I was feeling from, uh, you know, still being possessed by this demon. My husband had put blankets over the mirrors in our bedroom and, um, just tried to cover up any mirrors. He took down a couple mirrors in our house as well, just to make me feel more comfortable because I just, I didn't want to be in my own skin. It was the worst feeling ever, uh, looking in a mirror and seeing that looking back. Um, I did have a question from someone on YouTube that I wanted to answer because uh, someone had said, maybe it was YouTube or maybe it was Instagram, but somebody had said, um, well, how do you know that it wasn't just something that the enemy was trying to make you see um, and that it was real because the enemy can make us see things. And, you know, I saw lots of visions and past lives and future things and everything that the enemy had given me. This was different. Um, my whole body was taking control and my like my speech was getting like taken away my movement of my physical body was being taken away from me um my body would just do things that i had no control over my husband like i would just like snarl and scream and squeal like i can't even explain it at my husband and just make these like crazy sounds that i have never and never will and never have made. Um, and I can't explain it. It's, it's like he witnessed it. He saw it. He realizes how real it, it was. And it wasn't just a figment of my imagination or the enemy trying to scare me. When you don't have control, like I praise the Lord that I had given my life to him in San Diego. Um, and he just was like blessing me with this blanket of protection, even though it was within me, he was also with me and within me. And so without him, I don't know what I would have done. Um, my, my faith in God and what he had, you know, done by unveiling my eyes and my gratitude that I felt towards him was honestly the only thing that kept me going in those days leading up to the deliverance. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, a lot. It was really overwhelming. It wasn't easy. I don't want to come across like it was this easy process. I cried a lot. I laid in bed, um, just devastated. I lost very, very close friends of mine that I loved dearly. My spiritual teacher was one of them. Um, you know, another close friend of both of ours, I lost. Um, as well. Um, I pray that someday we'll be able to be close again, but it's just so difficult when you're on such a different path. And I, I love her the same and nothing's changed in my heart, but we're on just such different paths. And so that that's what happens when you follow Christ. You, you are separated from people who are on the, the false path and the false light path. And that's devastating. So I was going through a lot of grief, a lot of, um, 
pain, just sadness for misleading people and for just how I behaved in general. Like it's so egotistical when you're in the new age because you think you know everything and you can just channel the answers to everything. So you're just kind of like, you're in that space of you're a know-it-all and you kind of are because Satan has an answer for everything. And so I'm channeling answers like literally all the time. And like, it's just crazy when you, when you have that realization that everything that you believed is, is false. Like your world really does come crashing down. I had the love of God and I had his, his forgiveness and his grace, but that didn't make me love myself. Um, it's, you know, I realized I was a sinner. If anything, all of the self-love that I had worked up towards having was just an inflated ego. And I realized that I am a sinner and I'm a terrible person and I need to, I just need to keep submitting to God and, and, uh, surrendering to him and asking for his forgiveness. So, um, I, we set up this deliverance call for the Friday and I was eagerly waiting that my husband and I, um, went and bought Bibles and we were very, very excited to have Bibles because like I had only been using the phone app. So it was like the next day, I think it was like Thursday, we went and bought some Bibles and, uh, I remember on that day I called my spiritual mentor to be like, Hey, just so you know, like you're all, you're deceived. Like you're not who you think you are. Like I wasn't who I thought I was. Like I, I like, I was devastated. I'm like, you know, I, I just want you to know this. And she got really mad and like hung up, um, in my face. And so I lost someone that was really, really important to me just because someone's on a different path. It doesn't mean that it's easy to, to lose them out of your life. And so I was just praying and I was focusing on God and I'm like, you know, I, I trust in you, Lord. And I know that you're going to be the one that, that saves me from this and gets me through this. And if I have to lose people, I don't care. Like you are what's first. You are what is number one. And I've really meant that. And I was so dedicated to it when, you know, you feel the presence of God and you know, his truth and you know, his grace and his mercy and his faithfulness, like there is nothing else. You don't look for anything else. And, and that's kind of where I'm at now is just in the space of getting to know God and, you know, getting to know him through his word. And that's all that I need. I don't need anything else. I'm, I'm just so satisfied with the way that the word speaks to me and it truly is the living word of God. It's incredible. But let's go now to the deliverance and how that kind of unfolded. So I had reached out to this pastor um, in San Diego. I told you I messaged on Instagram and I got a message back uh, during this week and I had an appointment set up for the Friday. And so I'm just so thankful that this demon's going to get prayed out of me. I don't know anything about the process really, just that I needed to fast. And so I, I didn't know what to expect. I was really struggling that week. Like I said, it was a hard, hard week. And, um, I, I just wanted this thing gone. And so my husband and I decided to go for a drive that day. It was early. It was like maybe like noon and my appointment was until four o'clock. So I was just in a bad headspace because the enemy was in my head. And the thing that is kind of hard to explain is that like I trained myself to hear demons in my head for like four years, like extensive training. So 
I couldn't recognize my own thoughts anymore, but I was trying really, really hard to cut out the the voice in my head. Like the enemy, Satan was just in my head or his demons or whoever it was that I was actually channeling. And um, I was trying so, so hard to cut that out and I couldn't. And so it was really, really scary. And maybe it was because I had allowed this um, demonic entity to uh, enter my body, which I'm going to get into in a second. Don't worry. I'm sure you're waiting to find out how that happened. Um, but I I just had this this voice that would go away. And so everything I like, I, I knew that what I was doing was truth. And I knew with my whole heart, my whole soul, my whole being that I had found truth and I was done seeking. I found God. I found the truth. The Bible is, is what it says it is. And I mean, you can learn that as soon as you start reading it. It just literally like it, it, the whole thing is one, one, uh, story. It's not what you think it is. It's all about Jesus. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to do a whole topic, a whole episode on how amazing the Bible is. Like I want to do a million episodes. Like I just love the Bible so much. I love God so much. I just love him. He's amazing. But, um, I, I was battling this, like this, this entity in me. And so like, I didn't, I, sometimes I just didn't want to even like get up. I, I mean, it's, it was a few days, but it felt like months to me, like honestly. And like my husband was so supportive and he was just like, let's get you out of the house. Let's go for a drive. And so we just started driving, start driving to South Calgary. We didn't know why, like we lived in uh, like North of Calgary at that time in a small town. And uh, so we just started driving into the city and I just wanted to go for a drive. I was just in this really, really crappy headspace because I had this demon in me. And I guess I like I was facing like the realest spiritual warfare because not only was I possessed, the demon knew it had been seen. It knew that I knew the truth and it was turning on me because it didn't want to let go of its hold that it had over me, right? It was just crazy. And um, so like we're driving to South Calgary and we like we didn't have a destination and I was trying to talk like in my head the entire time we were driving. Um, the, like, like I could just feel that God was with me and that he was just giving me peace. But in my head, I was like, I like, I want to speak to my husband. I want to be like, like, I think that we are driving to your grandparents' house right now, but I couldn't say it. And I wanted to say it. I wanted to say, like, I think we should go to your grandparents because, like, they were Christian. And I had previously been, you know, so close off to that Christianity. And, you know, it was just crazy because I never in a million years would have thought to go there. But we just started driving south and we were just driving and driving and driving. And my husband was talking to me and I wasn't talking back to him, but he knew what was happening because this had been happening the whole week where I couldn't speak. I literally could not speak is the craziest thing. And so he ends up pulling over in like an Ikea parking lot and we are just like sitting there. He's like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And I'm just like, I couldn't speak. And, but like in my head, I'm like, I think we need to go to your grandparents. Like, I don't know why, but I think we need to go there. Like, I just, I just feel like we do. And like they live at the other, like the as far south in the city as you can possibly go. So it's almost like 45 minutes from like where we lived. And we don't like ever just pop over there for no reason. So it was really strange for me to even think that we need to go there. And, you know, I wasn't thinking ahead to like we should be there when I'm going to have, like, I just felt like we had to be there. And so, um, I managed to like 
force my like and when I say force my body, I mean force my body to send to text and be all I said, I typed it in notes on my iPhone was I think we need to go to your grandparents and or I think we're driving to your grandparents right now. And he would just looked at me, gave me this weird look like, what? <laughs> and he's like, should I call them? And I just like managed to get like this nod in my head as best I can. Um, and so he calls up his his uh, grandpa on the phone and he's like, uh, Mia and I are in the South Calgary. Like, can we stop over for a visit? And he's like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, grandma's not home right now, but absolutely. Like you can come by. So we, we went to their house. And the second I walked in their house, this is like literally crazy. It felt like it was out of a movie. The second I stepped foot in their house, I started burning up like, like very hot. Like I was like flushed and like sick and like super warm. And like there, it's a house of God. Like they've been Christians their entire lives. They were both raised Christian and they have like Bibles everywhere and like crosses and you know, they are very committed to God, very, very committed to the Lord. And so when I walked in, like, I just, I literally felt like I was burning up. I felt so uncomfortable. I could barely like move my body to step in the house. I was like shuffling almost like trying to get my feet in front of the other. And I remember sitting down on the couch and I was trying to talk to his grandpa and explain what was happening. My husband had to kind of step in and explain like, uh, so we're kind of going through this crazy thing. And his grandpa didn't know what to say. He was just like, like he had never heard of anything like that, you know, they're from a small town and they're just like, well, you just need to let Jesus in your heart and just trust in him and, and let him do the work. And I'm like, I, I like, I get that, but there's something I could not make eye contact with his grandpa. I couldn't look at him. Um, the demon wasn't letting me like look at him in the eyes. I was just like looking down and that wasn't just with him. Like it was happening with my husband too. Um, it was even happening on zoom when I was talking to my girlfriend, like it was just like, it just, it was weird how it didn't want to be seen once people knew what it was. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I remember trying my best to explain what I could and I was hugging my Bible on their couch, just sitting there, like literally hugging my Bible, just like in my head praying, like, please God, give me strength. Please God, give me strength. But like really struggling to get any words out. Managed to get as much out as I possibly could. Justin did quite a bit of of sharing where we were at, what happened. And I said that I had a meeting with the pastor, that it was going to be prayed out of me. And then um, we were there for like probably two hours. And then his grandma came home and she's like, oh, what's going on? And then like we kind of shared with her. And then while we were explaining the story to her, the pastor called me for Zoom and that like early, it was like an hour early for the call. And I I was like, ah, oh, do I answer? Like, I don't know what to do. Cause like, I didn't want to do that there. I didn't want to freak them out. I'm like, we need to get home so I can do this, like this deliverance call. But obviously God had like a bigger plan because like, we were guided to go to their house, obviously. And I didn't know that. My husband didn't know that. Obviously, the Holy Spirit did. Because it's funny, even when I was chatting with the pastor earlier that week about like preparing what needs to happen, and I was told that, you know, this hasn't been like, I've never done this over Zoom. Like, we're going to need some divine intervention to be able to make this happen. And um, I'll do my best. And so I was like, everything was just kind of clicking together. Like, and I had this realization like, oh my goodness, no, we're supposed to be here. Like I'm, I have to answer. So I didn't answer her call. And then I called, I called, uh, back right away. 
And so I had this like epiphany, like, oh my goodness, like, no, like we're here for a reason. Like God put us here. Like we're here because like we're surrounded by the presence of God. Like we're in a house of God. Like they read their Bible every day rather than being in a house that has, you know, um, Buddha statues like shut in a room with crystals and stuff. Cause like we hadn't gotten rid of that stuff yet. I wanted to, but like I wasn't in a physical space where I could with this demon inside me. Like I didn't really have full function, like I said. So like it was just all in the spare room with the door closed. And we couldn't wait to burn it and to burn all the books and 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 cards and throw everything out. But like we just weren't there yet this during this week. So um I have the call with the pastor and I'm told like I can't hold on to any resentment. I need to basically like anything that I'm holding on to, any resentment against anybody, any um guilt, shame, like I just had to put it at Christ's feet and just give it to him. And, um, and it was just being prayed out of me. And like, I, my body was like, um, jerking and like, kind of like contorting, like I can't explain it. It was just like, this thing didn't want to leave. And like, I felt like I wanted to like throw up. Um, I kept like, there was so much saliva coming out of my mouth and she's like, yeah, you just need to like spit it out. And I like had this cup that I was just like spitting all this. Like it was a weird, I can't explain it. Um, it was crazy. It was like the wildest experience. It's really hard to even share this because it sounds like something from a movie, but it happened to me. And my husband's grandparents were there and they witnessed it. And she said, oh my goodness, like that was the most powerful thing I've ever like witnessed. Um, because like I said, they were from a small town. They had never seen anything crazy like that. And I mean, I don't think most people have seen a, a demon prayed out of anybody, but, um, it, I don't remember how long the whole process was. My husband was like holding me back because, um, the pastor had advised him to do so because, um, like they've seen demons, like throw people at walls and smash them around. But thankfully I was on a couch and my husband was right next to me holding me. So my body was just kind of jerking, um, and kind of like kicking. My legs were like trying to jerk and kick. And I was just trying to repeat everything after, after, um, what I was, what was being said to me. And it, I, I, it was funny because I felt it leaving and I felt, I was just crying and I was just like feeling this really, it was so emotional, but then I was like, it's not completely gone. And it was like attached at my shoulder and I could just feel it, but it was like mostly gone, but it was still attached to me. And I just, I, but I, I could, I could speak again and I could talk and I was just like, I, I feel so much better. And we left and I, I said to my husband, I'm like, it's not completely gone, but I feel so much better. Like I can talk now, like I can communicate. And so honestly, it was, it was the craziest experience that I have ever been through. And if you're doubting that this uh, getting into the new age is, oh, well, I can just dabble in it. Like you can't dabble in it because it, it can consume you before you even realize. Like it's like quicksand, you know, like you step in it and you don't realize what it is. And then all of a sudden, like you can't get out. And that was how it was for me. And so how this happened and how I actually got possessed by the demon was my spiritual teacher had told me at the end of 2019, right after I started dating my now husband, that um, in a past life, I was actually an angel and that I had come to earth to volunteer, to uh, report back to her. I'm going to get, that's a whole nother story, but to report back to her and to give her um, 
like uh, so basically I've always been here and I always incarnate and I I'm here for her and I've been to all these other planets um, but my I'm an angelic being essentially and so that was in 2019 and then so I spent all of 2020 like really dedicating myself to um, uh, studying like that was during the pandemic and stuff. And so I was trying to gain more information and, uh, study and channel and do all this stuff, but I was offline most of that year. And like spiritually offline means that you can't receive any information. My psychic teacher just told me, this is just part of your ascension process. Um, during this time I was going through like really, really heavy so-called ascension symptoms, but I was literally just believing everything that I was being told and making myself sick. Um, because I, I had closed, like temporarily closed my business cause I wasn't able to do client sessions, um, in the beginning of, of 2020 because I didn't have, um, I wasn't online. I couldn't channel anything. And it was like, well, if you want to ascend really quickly, like you signed up for this, this is part of ascending really quickly. Like you're going to go offline. You're not going to be able to, uh, channel information for a little bit while your physical body upgrades, like the, the, the lies and like the, the in depth and the extent of the, the new age world. For those of you who don't know, is just like, it's so, it's so fabricated. Like, it's just such a joke to, to like look back on it. But I was offline for most of that year and my husband and I had just started dating and then it was COVID. We moved in together like right away. Like obviously we weren't Christian yet. We were living in sin. We moved in together like probably three and a half weeks after. Um, no, it was like two months after we met. But like after we started dating like and seeing each other regularly, it was like three and a half weeks. We were like looking for a place to live and we moved into that place like a couple weeks later. And so like it was moving, our relationship was moving really quickly and um, I went offline and then I was really depressed. And then I was like questioning my relationship with him because my spiritual teacher was telling me, oh no, you have all this past life karma with him. And he was this person in a past life and you had him killed in this lifetime when you were Cleopatra and he was Caesar and like all this ridiculous stuff, you guys. Like honestly, I, I really should write a book about this because like the stuff that I believed and the stuff that I channeled and, and that was told to me and then that was verified, like it's just such a web. Um, and so like I was going through a really hard time. So then my ability started to come on partway through uh, 2020. And I can see that this is just the enemy just like priming me for what was going to happen, you know, prepping me. Because my psychic abilities, I was so desperate. I was so desperate for a connection to what I had developed this um, – uh, addiction to. When I talk about spiritual narcotic in episode one, it really is a spiritual narcotic. You become so hooked on it. So when I couldn't channel anything, I was like, what is going on? Like I need, I need to be able to channel. Like I can't live without my connection to source energy. Like I, you don't understand. I was always explaining to my husband, you don't understand how it feels. Like I need to be connected. I can't live without being connected. And so then at the end of 2020, um, my spiritual teacher tells me, it was like probably like mm, October, November, could have been September. I think it was later in the year though, um, comes to me and says, uh, so your angelic being was actually locked away in this like special part of the universe or something, but now it's been freed and it needs to merge with your body. So you need to get permission for this angelic being to come in and like integrate was the word that was used and download and fully integrate with your body. So you will both be in your body and then you will merge and become one. And I remember like 
saying yes right away, like, yes, absolutely. And I was promised it was going to make me more powerful. It's going to make me ascend faster. It was going to give me more uh, healing abilities. I was going to be able to help people more. And like, that's kind of like the part of a story I couldn't get into last time is like those in between years of what was happening. That's what was happening. You know, I was developing my psychic abilities, but then it was like the, the carrot would be dangling and then it'd be taken away. And then I'd be chasing it more, but it would just kept getting further and further and further away. So I would chase it more and more and more and more, wanting like what's next, what's next, what's next. And so this was like, this was, this was great news. Like, so my angelic being that you told me that I was an angel, like, just under a year ago. And now you're telling me that I can merge with that angelic being and that I can basically be like, like fully integrated with it. That's awesome. Like, yes, sign me up. <laughs> so I, uh, I obviously give full permission the, uh, you know, and, and like a normal person wouldn't like, if I had any sort of like biblical understanding or background that like, or I hadn't been brainwashed all of these years of like diving into channeling. And I wasn't the only one, just so you know, like there are more people in her inner circle that were told the same thing that had to integrate with their angelic being. And a lot of people that still probably believe that they are these angelic beings that she said that they are. I know specifically one of them that I shared my testimony with and she took the side of the spiritual teacher. So, I mean, it just goes to show that people truly are so deceived and they truly believe this stuff. And, uh, so I, I gave full permission and it was really hard. Like I, I started to really distance myself from, um, my, my friends and my family, like even more, because like, how do you connect with any, like anybody who wasn't new age or in that inner circle, I didn't really associate with even my close friend, the one I was talking about earlier, my, the spiritual nutritionist, even her, I couldn't tell her who I was, that I was an angel and that I was integrating with it. So I had to keep it from a secret from her. So our friendship got distanced and separated even more and more and more because like, that's kind of, the whole plan, you know, it's almost like a cult where you are getting separated from the people that are close to you so that you can buy more and more, more into the lies. So I was very bought into this. I was very bought into the fact that what I was being told was true. I channeled it myself. Um, I had it verified by a couple different people. And so, and my spiritual teachers deceived too. Like she truly believed that this was true and believed that this was um what she received. So she told me, and I don't, I don't have any anger or hostility or resentment or anything towards her. Um, I pray that she can see truth and that she can, um, uh, repent and be saved by Jesus as well, because, you know, that's open to everybody. And, um, but it like, I know the date that the demon came in cause I gave permission because, you know, I wasn't an angel. Um, that, that was a lie. That was a fabrication. I didn't have any past lives. That's also a fabrication. We have one life here on earth. It's a gift from God. And, um, you know, I, I was just bought into it because it happened so slowly. So that's where I want to kind of like, just really warn people. Like it does happen slowly. Like, I mean it, you think that you can dip your toe in the water and you won't be sucked in. But once you open the door of the enemy, you're opening the door to the enemy. Like he's the father of lies. And it says that in the Bible and he wants to fool you. He wants to trick you. He wants to make you think that you're on a path of light, but you're not. 
And so um, I did get way more powerful. My healing abilities came back on. My psychic abilities skyrocketed because I was in that very desperate space of being offline for so long that when that happened, um, I my spiritual abilities grew really, really quickly. And I started getting all these new spiritual abilities and activations and upgrades and things that I could do for other people. And then they were having really tangible results. So it was all making sense to me. I'm like, yeah, I guess ever since I merged with this angelic being that um, all of a sudden I'm I'm so much more powerful. And so, you know, things really snowballed after that. Obviously, um, 2021, I was booking a lot of healing sessions and booking a lot of um, – I started teaching psychic development and all that stuff and really just like went so, so deep into it. But my personal relationships were, were suffering. Even my relationship with my partner, Justin, um, we were engaged. That was suffering. And it just – I wasn't happy. And that's how things started to, um, I guess, I was being guided. I, I, I don't know why God unveiled my eyes. I don't know why um, he's using my testimony but it's for his glory. That's all that I know. I, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I should have been saved, but he did. And he's just so incredible. Um, but, you know, the Bible warns about false prophets. Um, it warns about getting involved in this stuff in with witchcraft and divination and all that kind of stuff. So just be really careful and pay attention to that. Um, caught um, you know, the Bible warns, the Bible warns about, uh, divination and witchcraft and getting involved in all that stuff. And there's some scriptures about it that I wanted to share before I get into what God has kind of a short version of what God's done in my life, because, um, this is getting long and I knew it would, <laughs> um, in, in Deuteronomy 18 verse 10 to 12, it says, uh, and do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics, all the things I did, or call forth spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that your Lord God will drive them out ahead of you. Um, and then like, it goes on to talk about like false prophets and false teachers, which is kind of what I was, I didn't realize, but, um, but the, in Deuteronomy 18 verse 20, it says, but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And so like we were, I was headed for death. I was headed for ultimate destruction. I was headed for eternal separation from God. And I just didn't realize it. And when I started opening the Bible, like one day I opened the Bible, um, before I filmed the last podcast. And in one day, the Holy spirit led me to all of these scriptures on divination and false teachers. And that's what I'm reading out to you right now. Um, just on my screen, cause it's easier than flipping constantly, but the Holy spirit led me to all of these because people needed to know that all this stuff's in the Bible. And, um, it says in Jeremiah 23 and 16, thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. 
They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. It's like constant. It's a constant thing in the Bible over and over and over again about how we're warned about people like me, psychics and mediums and fortune tellers and, you know, people who do tarot readings and astrologists and, and every modality under the sun. And then it, um, in Ezekiel, it says uh, they have Ezekiel 13 and 6 verse 9 says they have seen false visions and lying divinations. They say, declares the Lord when the Lord has not sent them, and yet they expect to fulfill their word. Have you not seen a false vision and uttered a lying divination whenever you have said, declares the Lord, although I have not spoken? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have uttered falsehood and seen lying visions, therefore, behold, I am against you, declares the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and who give lying divinations. They shall be in the they shall not be in the council of my people, nor enrolled in the register of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord God. And it just it continues and continues and continues. And there's one more that I'd like to read in Ezekiel as well. Ezekiel 13, verse 20 to 21. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against all your magic charms, which you use to ensnare my people like birds. I will tear them from your arms, setting my people free like birds set free from a cage. I will tear off the magic veils and save my people from your grasp. They will no longer be your victims. They will know that I am Lord. And that scripture speaks to me so much because that's what he did. He tore off the veil that was ensnaring me. I was a bird caged under the lies and deception of the new age, and he set me free. And I'm just so thankful for that. And, uh, you know, there's there, I could go on and on and on. There's so many scriptures. I'm just so thankful. Like, there are just so many scriptures in the Bible that lead to this that, that verify. I don't need to channel to verify something. I pray for the Holy Spirit to give me guidance, but I don't trust what comes into my head. I trust what's in the Word of God. And every now and then I will be guided to a specific scripture or the Holy Spirit will, um, you know, give me a thought and then I read it in the Bible, it's backed up. But I don't go looking for answers outside of the Bible. I don't go looking for answers outside of God. And I don't channel and I don't believe that I have the ability to channel, uh, you know, God. The Holy Spirit speaks when the Holy Spirit chooses to speak. The Holy Spirit is God. He chooses. He is sovereign. He is almighty. He is Lord. He chooses when he talks to us. And, you know, we don't have that ability. So the best way to get to know God is just to read his word and read the words that were, were God breathed and inspired by him. And uh, the Bible was written for a reason. You know, one of the first things that I was told that day in San Diego so I want to jump back now to what happened after um, that deliverance uh, meeting I had with the pastor and we left Justin's grandparents' house. I felt so much better. I felt like I could um, think again and I felt a lot uh, less darkness in me. I could look in the mirror, but there was still something there. I could feel it attached to my shoulder. It wasn't in me anymore, but it was attached to me is the only way that I can kind of explain it. And, uh, and so I remember we went back to the house that night and I was just praying, like praying for guidance. Like, I need to get rid of this. Like, please just help me, Lord. Like, can you just take it away? Like I was just praying. And that night, uh, the Lord gave me 
three visions and I didn't ask for them. I didn't want them. I wasn't trying to um, manifest them or to, you know, I wasn't asking God to show me anything, but I was laying in bed crying and I was just like so upset and emotional. And I was shown a vision, well, three visions in a row. The first was a flash of myself and my, uh, my fiance getting reengaged. The second was a flash of us getting baptized. And the third was a flash of us getting married and the Holy Spirit, just like, like we were getting married under God, like the Holy Spirit was there and it was just descending there. It was just like with us and upon us as we made that union. And I was just like, like I hadn't really like like thought about this stuff. Like the whole week I was just trying to like get by because the demon was in me. And, um, you know, it was a rough few days, obviously. And so that day I I just remember being like, what? Like, why do we need to get re-engaged? Because like I had this antique engagement ring um, that we had found in a uh, vintage store, like a it was like a, I guess it was like an antique mall kind of thing. We found it there uh, the beginning of 2021 and we got engaged and I didn't really think much about the ring. I just thought like, that's so weird that, that, you know, like why would we get rid of this? Like it's, it's a beautiful ring. It was vintage. I always wanted a vintage ring. And, um, and so I, look down at my hand and I'm like, well, that's weird. Like if we're like going to get reengaged, like I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll take off the ring right now. <laughs> well, I went to take off the ring and I couldn't get the ring off my hand. Like I tried to get the ring off my hand, but the demon that was still attached to my shoulder was doing everything in its possible power to try to get me to not take off the ring. So I was like fighting to try and get it off my hand. Um, and I finally got it off my hand and I threw it in the spare bedroom and closed the door with all the other new age junk that was in there. And, uh, I was like, oh my goodness, like what is attached to this ring? Because I like, it didn't want me to get the ring off and it was a hundred year old ring. So like, you have no idea what's attached to it. I have no idea, obviously some sort of entity or darkness, or maybe it was cursed. Like I don't have a clue. Um, I don't speculate about that kind of stuff anymore or dive into it. I don't need to have an answer. All I know is that it had very dark energy, um, connected to it. Anyways, I got the ring off and I went to sleep that night and I woke up the next day and the uh, girl I had reached out to got back to me and she said, um, uh, I have church tomorrow. Like, oh my goodness, God's so good. Everything he's doing in your life sounds crazy. Like you'll have to tell me, um, you know, did you find someone for the deliverance? And like asking me all these questions. And, um, she was like, we don't specifically do deliverance at our church, but she's like, I know that someone can like pray over you and like help you. And so I was like, I have faith that God can get this thing out of me. Like I just have faith and I just had so much faith. So she's like, you can come to church tomorrow, but there's also a service tonight in Calgary because she lived two hours away. And she's like, but you can come tonight if you want. And so I was like, she's like, you can go to the church. I'll let the pastors know that you're going to be coming and, um, you know, give them a heads up. So she did. And we went to church that night and the pastors at the end, they, they like welcomed us. So they were so lovely. And then at the end, um, they prayed over and I told them what happened. I said, I have this demon inside me and they prayed over me. And that night, um, I felt it leave. I felt that it was completely gone. It had completely left. And I think it was a combination of like me getting, getting that ring off my hand 
and um, like departing from that, whatever was attached to it, and then having them pray over me the next day was kind of like the final um, like closing the door on it. And that I, right away, I was like, how do I get baptized? Like I had this vision and God showed me that I, that we're going to get baptized and I just want to get baptized like right away. And they were like, well, we don't do it right away. Like we have to like make that you make sure that you know what it means to be baptized and everything. So I'm like, well, I want to give my life to Jesus. Like I know that I want to give my life to God. Like I have to do this. And I just like, I, I, I already knew I'd already given my life to God, but I didn't know anything about baptism until I had had that vision. So I explained this to the pastors and they were so lovely and they, you know, um, guided us and had some meetings with us and we got baptized, uh, two weekends later and it, uh, it was amazing. Like God is just so good. Um, sorry, I'm gonna cry because he's just so good. And everything that he says that he's gonna do, he does. Like he he washes you clean from your sin. He washes you clean from your old life, from the person that you were. And when I went down into that water and I came back up, like I just knew, like I'm committed to you now, like forever. This is my like, this is my statement, like this is me committing my life to you, God. Like, I don't care about my life anymore. I have lived my life. I have done what I wanted to do. I've lived my life for me. I have been selfish. I have done what I wanted to do and done whatever I wanted to do for my whole life. I have always just done that. Now I'm living for you. And he just loves us so much. And just the fact that my fiance got baptized with me and that God changed his heart and gave him his own, uh, come to God moment. Like my husband like was so supportive through everything, but like he hadn't had his own experience with God where he was just like, I want to give my life to you. And, you know, backtrack for a second, but like the next day we actually drove two hours to North to that girl's church. It was the same church, um, but to their, their main location, um, in the city North of ours. And we went and the service, my husband said it, it sounded like it was being preached to him. It was everything that he needed to hear. And at the when the worship song came on, at the end, my husband just started like crying, bawling his eyes out. And he realized in the moment that he wanted to give his life to Jesus too. So it was literally like five days after I had had my full like, like, like Holy Spirit unveiled my eyes you know, the second time at church, my husband made that same decision. And it's just incredible what God does. Um, when you give your heart to him, he will take away everything that you try to remove in the new age. And he is so faithful and he's always been, always has, like he always has been and always will be. And his past, present, future is the same. He's a faithful God. He doesn't lie. He is just, but loving. And he has so much love and grace for us. And what he's done in our life, how he's changed our lives, we we got re-engaged. We got a new engagement ring and we got re-engaged and we got married this past summer. Um, we kept intimacy for our wedding. We made sure that we were obedient to God and we have built amazing relationships and friendships with people. Um, we're healing family relationships and um, just bringing so much closeness into our lives. And 
reconnecting with, you know, each other on this deep level that we never had before prior to salvation. We were just living life together, but we weren't connected where God comes first. When God comes first, everything in in your life will make sense. And for us, everything just has worked out in so much of a, um, a better way because of giving our lives to God. Like God has just changed us in such a huge, profound way. Um, and there's, I, 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 I don't even have words for everything that he's done. I don't, I can't explain my gratitude, um, for being saved. I can't explain how different it feels from anything I ever experienced in the new age. The peace of knowing where I'm going (laughs) when I die. Like I thought I knew everything about death. I thought I knew, oh yeah, you just transitioned to the astral realm and, and, um, you reincarnate and you could reincarnate as early as three months or it's usually you wait a few years, like all these things that I believed and they're not true. And when God showed me that instead of like being like, oh no, that sucks. I only have one life. It, it showed me that like this life is so beautiful and we get to experience it and, you know, give glory to God for giving us this life. And that is what this existence is all about. It's for his glory, not for our own. And he rewards his children when we glorify him in everything that we do. And, you know, we are so much happier. We have like incredible friends. The pastors at the church that we go to are so loving. They have helped guide us so much. And we're just so thankful. Even for all the relationships with people within the church, we have met so many cool, um, you know, Christian couples and just people that just love God so much. And it's so cool to see that because I didn't have any experience with that. You know, my husband went to church when he was a kid, but didn't want really anything to do with it. When he got in his older years, he kind of just went on his own soul-seeking um path himself and then was really into like what's out there what's next like what's our purpose in life and never really wanted to go down the christian path and then it's just so cool how god lets you get so far away from him so that when you hit that point when you realize that it's him and you realize that he is the truth like he says i am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through me like Jesus is the only way. And if you believe anything else, I I I pray for you and I pray that the Holy Spirit can just open your heart that you just allow yourself to just for a second re- just just think for one minute that you might be wrong. That you might be wrong and that the Bible might be right and that the word of God is true and that Jesus coming and dying on the cross as a sinless you know, a a sinless human being who was fully man and fully God at the same time took the weight and the the wages of our sin upon himself so that we could have everlasting life in heaven with him. Like just, just for one minute, if you're in the new age and you're watching this, I just want you to comprehend maybe you're wrong. And, and maybe this story that you're hearing, this testimony can open your eyes a little bit to that. And don't take my word for it. Like go read, go read the Bible, go watch other testimonies of other, um, you know, new agers who have left and found God and found truth in Jesus and, and, and see how their lives have been changed and, and let that be the guide and the light and realize that like everything that you're chasing in the new age is always going to lead to 
more chasing and more chasing and more chasing. It will never be enough and you'll be on that dead end path your entire life until you come to the end of your life and you realize that you were wrong and that you're going to go to hell and be eternally separated from God. Like my reason for sharing this isn't because I'm shaming people that are in the new age. It's because I just have so much love for people that I just, I want them to know. And the reason Christians share this so passionately is they don't want other people that they care and love to go to hell. And there's so many people that, you know, think that they're saved just because they went to church growing up and they think, oh, well, I'm a good person because I do A, B, C, D, E, F, G and all these acts. But that's not what saves us. What saves us is believing in Jesus as your savior and, and having that full faith in him. We're saved by grace through faith. And, um, you know, we can't gain salvation on our own. We cannot earn it in any way. The only way to be saved is through following Christ and believing in him fully and dedicating your, your life to living for his glory. And, and that is what saves you. Not, you know, there's a lot of different ideas around it, but the Bible is very clear that you are saved by grace, by the grace of God, because Jesus paid the sacrifice already through faith alone, faith in Christ, that he is who he said he is God and that he came here and took that sin and, and paid the price for it. That is how you are going to be saved. And I just pray that if you're listening to this, whether you are a Christian and you're dabbling in new age practices or, you know, whether you are on a path and you're not sure that it's the right path and you're questioning things and you're noticing some red flags or you're fully in the new age and someone sent you this and you don't really want to be listening, but you've listened this far. I just pray for you. And I pray that, that God can unveil your eyes and use you for his glory because there's nothing better than God using you for his glory. That is the ultimate, the ultimate love that you can feel from him. And I just, I, I want to end this by thanking you guys so much for listening. Um, you know, it is a wild testimony. It is a long testimony and I'm sure I left out so many things and I'm sure I, uh, bunny trailed all over the place in the process of trying to share it, but there's just so much stuff that comes to mind and so much stuff that I had pop up and I tried to piece it all together in the best way that I possibly can. But I am new to podcasting and I'm new to uh, sharing publicly this type of uh, vulnerability online. And I just thank you for listening and for your grace and patience as I work to gather what the next episode is going to be about. I do have a podcast uh, interview coming up with a sister in Christ who is just so lovely and she has had her own powerful testimony and how she came out of the new age is just incredible. And I just praise God for everybody who has been saved from the new age. And I praise God that if you are in the new age, that you are one of those future testimonies and that God can unveil your eyes and show you truth as well. Cause I know that you are seeking it. I'm just going to end this episode right here. I'm just going to say, thank you guys so much for listening. There's so much more that I have to share, but it's just impossible to fit it all. Um, more stuff comes to my mind. Even as I'm sharing, I'm like, Oh my goodness, I should have shared this. And I forgot to say that. And 
the truth is I don't think I can get it all out in a testimony video. And I'm, that's why I have this podcast. I'm going to do my best to share the, you know, the other inner workings and everything else that happened uh, in my future episodes and through my channel and through my Instagram. And I, if you are someone who needs support and you're someone who's leaving the new age, send me a message. I'm here to answer questions for you as best I can. I have quite a few people that have reached out and I'm just doing my best to guide them to the word and just help them to get the resources that they need to leave the new age. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit is with you. I pray that the Holy Spirit is there to protect you from the enemy. And if you're in the new age, question everything. I'm, I'm going to create a group to help support people that are leaving the new age as well. And I'll be posting about that on my Instagram. So go give me a follow on there if you don't already. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. So God bless and I will see you then.